Hi everyone, this is Gary Berman with a special live edition of the Cyber Hero Adventure Show coming to you from the S4 Industrial Control Systems Convention in Miami Beach. And our audience is in for an incredible privilege and honor for me, and I can say this because he's one of the uh, first guys that uh, ever kind of had the courage to come on my show, and he must be, you must be a glutton for punishment because here you are again. <laughs> So, you know, thank you for uh, who you are and what you do and why you do it. And uh, so I'd like to uh, introduce John uh, Kinderbog. Uh, he's known by many things, but one of them is uh, one of the early proponents, if not the creator of uh, the Zero Trust architecture, which everyone knows is uh, the center of the digital universe uh, and probably will be forever. Uh, so uh, welcome to the show, John. Hey, thanks, Gary. Good to see you in person, finally. Yeah, you have a torso. I do, I do. <laughs> um, and uh, I, I'm disappointed. I thought you would be wearing a cape, though. Well, you know, it's an interesting question about capes, but um, lately, over the last four or five years, capes are, are out of style in, in my digital universe. Oh, you man. Oh. Yeah, if you look at, you know, Marvel and DC. But that's for another show. Oh, okay. Maybe okay. we can do that. Bring the cape back. Bring uh, the cape back. A lot of our audience. Would, would you like a cape? Would you like to be one of our comics? Uh, well, that's a topic for another show, too. By okay, the that's a solid no. Yeah. But, but <laughs> you never know unless you ask. Um, so anyways, uh, well, this is a fun beginning to the show. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, we're here. We're, so you can't tell, but we're in the Jackie Gleason Theater. Uh, so for those of you like us who are old enough to know who Jackie Gleason is, uh, but we're in his green room. That he, oh no way! Yeah, yeah. That's why everything. Cool see all the pictures. Yeah, yeah. everything Gleason. is around. Uh, right. All these pictures around us are Jackie Gleason. So we're, we're, we're going to include a shot. Yeah. you know, in, in this. Okay, so we're in a historic place, and we're we're making history. Wow, I, I've never had goosebumps about cybersecurity, but I think I just got some. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, so, well, how do you top that um, as, a, as an origin story? Maybe you can tell us a little bit about your origin story and, and um, how you got to this S4 conference. Yeah, so uh, now I work at a company called Ontowit. Uh, we do manage cybersecurity from a zero trust perspective. So zero trust is a service. And so I created zero trust when I was at Forrester. Then I spent four years as the field CTO over at Palo Alto Networks to prove that we could do it, right, wow. and build a lot of these things. And the next phase is to make it more easily consumable, and the way we do that is deliver it as a managed service. And so that's what I'm excited about. This is the next phase of my zero trust journey. Just like every company's on a zero trust journey, I'm on a zero trust journey as well. You know, that's a very uh, wonderful and, and almost humble kind of thing to say. And you know, as, uh, by the way, I didn't know if you know, but on my latest uh, press badge, I'm now an analyst. So I, oh, okay. I, I, I don't know what that means, but you're talking to one. Um, well, I was but, one for eight and a half years, right? Oh, at, that's at right. Forrester, okay. so. All right, well, maybe I can get a cert from you or something after some training. Well, the only cert that I have is my cyber uh, hero. Uh, <laughs> Do you remember? I, yeah, I, yeah, I, you I, sent it to me. That's the only cert I still have, so. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. Um, and if you come on the show, you can earn one of these cool things, too. They're very rare, evidently, uh, and cherished, <laughs> which is much appreciated. Is it on your wall? 
No, but it's I save it digitally. Oh, you know, come almost. On. Well, I'm turning it Just into get a cheap frame. I I'm mean, gonna that, I'm gonna know. turn it into an NFT. How's that? No. <laughs> <laughs> That's very funny. Okay. Um. All right. Where where were we? Jeez. Okay. So you were talking about your origin story. Yeah. We're in the Jackie Gleason, uh, Gleason Theater um, uh, green room, which is super cool. Um, you just uh, gave a great presentation, you know, at, at the uh, S4 uh, conference, along with a couple of the folks. Uh, what were some of the key takeaways you'd like for our audience to, from that? So I was with Tony Baker uh, at, from Rockwell Automation. Of course, they make the industrial control systems. Uh, and then Richard Bird, uh, one of the identity, great identity gurus of, of all time. And the three of us have been working on Zero Trust for OT, ICS, IoT for quite a, quite a while. And so we had an opportunity to come here at uh, S4 and present on that. And so, uh, you know, I just introduced what Zero Trust is in reality without the vendor spin. And then we had some discussions about Yes, you can do zero trust for OT. Zero trust is a strategy. You can apply it to OT systems. You can take the, o, the uh, zero trust uh, five-step uh, deployment model, uh, and you can create a protect surface around OT things. Uh, you, can, you can understand how they work. You can figure out how to architect them. You can write very specific policies. So we, we spent some time talking about the new uh, 62443 standard for industrial uh, uh, control systems and about how the policy construct in Zero Trust called the Kipling Method, who, what, when, where, why, and how, equals a, a conduit within 62443, so that fits perfectly. And then the fifth step, monitor and maintain. Always know what's going on so you can inject that learning back in. And so that was the part that, that I kind of started out with. And then we talked about identity within OT because you can ascribe. That was interesting, the human, yeah. the human characteristics. Because everybody thinks, well, you can only give identities to human beings, but there are no human beings on a network, right? there are only packets. No human being has ever been on a network, right? right? Yeah. Even in the matrix, they have to plug in. <laughs> so people are not packets. Packets are networks, people. Their asserted identity is asserted to be generating the packet that is on the network. That may or may not be true. But, it, but the same thing can be from any system that generates a packet. It can be an OT system, an IT system. It can be anything. And so that's the thing that we're working with Richard Bird on is to ascribe identities to things that typically haven't been given identities because once you give it an identity, that's a who statement in the Kipling method, you can start writing very granular policy about what it's allowed to do. It's just brilliant. Um, you know, one of the things that I took away as just, you know, an analyst and, you know, I learned a little bit about many things but nothing in depth was the relative simplicity on how you describe the process. That was great. Well, everybody says it's complex, but it's not. I, I tried to make it very simple. Mm -hmm. And, uh, uh, you know, I think, I, I think simplicity is valuable because if, if it's too hard, people aren't going to do it. And I wanted to make it very simple to encourage people to do it. Right. And one of the key takeaways here is that I can explain this to a CEO or a member of boards right. of directors, exactly. and I can, I can get them to understand it. In fact, the first ever OT or manufacturing environment that I ever built a zero trust environment for, uh, the person who understood it the most uh, 
was the executive vice president of manufacturing of a major company wow. who generates almost all their revenue from, from manufacturing a product. And uh, the IT people couldn't, couldn't really understand what I, was under, what I was saying because they were stuck in the old paradigm. But this, this person who you know, is the highest person in terms of the manufacturing side, absolutely understood it and he wow. was like you and i are going to sit down and design this yeah. and then we'll have the people who used to design things implement it so it's all about changing the incentive structure when the executive vice president of manufacturing tells it this is what we're going to do then they just do I it totally they, get you know yeah yeah that's really smart too I, yeah, it's something that is part of sort of my force come journey that you know, bring, brings me to this moment. I, I've always just gone for the, you know, major thought leaders, you know, people like you and, you know, um, and I purposely have just stayed away from sort of the, the vendor ecosystem. Right. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but it's just not right. So the point is going for the top really does make it a, a lot easier. Um, so um, what do you think is, um, you know, the, what are the impacts? Uh, Director um, Easterly was on 60 Minutes recently, and, and she gave a very uh, stark, if not you know, dire um, assessment of critical infrastructure in the country. What, what's your take on, on all that? Critical infrastructure um, has not been secured well because people have thought of it as a separate system from everything else. And traditionally, it's been air-gapped and it's been on separate networks. But once we took critical infrastructure systems like SCADA and allowed uh, us to manage them via the internet, that changed the ball game because now the same malicious actors have that same access. That's right. And so, you know, when you look at critical infrastructure systems, from what I hear, there's there's a lot of compromises that have already happened and the malicious actors are just waiting to flip the switch. So what, what we've seen in the past with Colonial Pipeline and other things uh, can probably happen any time because we don't have the right policies in place to stop the, the bad thing from happening. And what I tell everybody, and I said this in the session, if you, are, if you have a, a cyber attack that's successful, if you have a ransomware attack, if you're shut down, you are partially complicit in there because you have policies in place that allowed it to happen. Every bad thing happens in an allow rule. So the policy we create in cybersecurity is binary, either allow or deny. That's all you can do. You can make decisions based upon multiple criteria, but ultimately it's a binary decision. And the binary decision should actually be to allow. There should be a default deny. So everything is denied and then you turn on allow rules. Wow. That's a monster idea. I, I've, I've not heard that before, but it makes all the sense in the world, you know, and just in the context in which I just sort of interrupted you, forgive me, is, um, you know, just all the privacy settings on, on, on the social media platforms and things like that, you know, like everything should be denied unless you allow it. Right, absolutely. That should be how the world works because that's how the world works in real life, right? Um, you have a deny all policy in your house unless you allow somebody to come in, right? right. right? Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, but we're so afraid of stopping good traffic that we allow a lot of bad things to happen. And then we investigate the things that we stopped. 
So a lot of people spend a lot of time doing deep investigations. Why did we deny a certain thing? And I tell people, hey man, just give, you know, give a high five. Hey Gary, you stopped it, right? You stopped it, yay, good job. Let's look at that allow rule and see what we've got that's too open. Uh, why, why doesn't that happen? The models that we have were built in the 20th century before there were threats. So organically, uh -huh. we didn't think about it and we ended up trying to overlay cybersecurity on top of it. And ultimately, we can't, we can't do that, right? Uh, we have to build cybersecurity into the system. And we have to have a complete convergence of cybersecurity, IT, OT, all of those kinds of different groups. And we have too many silos who don't talk to each other, who compete with each other, and this is one of the key problems that we have. This is a really interesting uh, analogy you just used about silos because um, I've, I've often thought, and, and see what you, what you uh, think about this, that like the criminals in cybersecurity, not focused only on ICS, but just the threat actors in general, um, are very horizontally sort of structured. They seem to just share information relatively freely. They have daisy chain of different, you know, micro attack, you know, services and all that stuff. Where the, you know, the good folks are much more vertically structured because of intellectual property, competition, government rules and regulation, you know, uh, you know, thi things uh, such, as, such as that. Um, why is that? Well, again, it's organic. And you know you had a server team, and you had an IT team, and a cybersecurity team, and a this team, and a that team, and they all had reported up to different people, and and there was no, you know, it, it just organically happened. It's nobody's fault. It's just the way it happened. But it's not, it's not uh, unfixable. We can absolutely fix it. And one of the things Zero Trust does is it breaks down those silos between organizations. One the, so uh, you're, you're mentioning, uh, uh, do you have a few more minutes? I, I don't want to monopolize. Yeah, you. a couple more before I have Just, to go uh, okay. to the next yeah, thing, perfect. yeah. Well, it's a party uh, reception. Well, but you know, that's important. Uh, no, I understand. Yeah, we, yeah. Gotta go, we gotta get to the party. All right. On time, enough. right? Fair enough. Um, so, well, as we're wrapping up, yeah. you know, Dan, uh, what else would you like to share with our audience? Well, just don't be afraid to, to try it. People, people are afraid to get started because they don't know where to start. And I just say start anywhere. It doesn't really matter. And there's no pre prerequisites for beginning your zero trust journey. You don't have to fix this or do that or anything else. Uh, you just do it. And if you, if you understand that, it's gonna make your life a whole lot easier. And so there's a maturity model built in. There's a, uh, the, there's a, a learning curve on how you start small and grow. Uh, so you can find all, all that stuff uh, uh, in various places. But one of the things that I just finished up was a stint on uh, the NSTAC Zero Trust Subcommittee. So this is called the President's National Security Telecommunications Advisory Council. I was appointed to it by, by presidential order. And wow. so I got to sit on that community. It had uh, people from... Uh, all the major governmental organizations, NIST, CISA, DISA, uh, DOD, NSA, plus a lot of industry experts. And we wrote a report uh, that synthesized all of that. It's on CISA's website. 
and uh, I'd happy, be happy to provide that to you that you can give that to your viewers. That's great. Uh, yep. But I would consider that report now to be authoritative on what zero trust is. We've all kind of agreed on the core principles and we all have various nuances in terms of how we kind of think of it. But if you look at that and you, 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 you consume that, it will really help you understand that this is simple, doable, and, and uh, you're probably gonna have to do it, right? Indeed. Um, and uh, how does our audience get more information about you or your company? Uh, LinkedIn probably is where I'm most, you can see me most. Okay. Uh, and then I'm involved with the Cyber Theory Institute, which is a think tank for cybersecurity. We've published the, the Zero Trust Dictionary. Uh, you'll see more stuff coming out from Cyber Theory Institute. And then I'm also working with uh, the Delmo Forum on the Zero Trust uh, uh, product demos. So you're gonna see a lot of vendors who work in the Zero Trust ecosystem uh, creating demos, and I'm, I'm part of that uh, initiative with Richard Steenan and Chase Cunningham. My uh, last question is, when do you sleep? Uh, well, you know, I spent a lot of time in hotels. I, I can sleep on an airplane no, no, I'm like joking. that. No, no, no. I mean, I, I, but but it's an there's an answer, man. You got to learn to sleep on the airplane. That's the answer when you're in this John, business. John uh, Kenderfog, uh, thanks for um, who you are and uh, what you do, and and uh, on a personal note, why you do it. Thank you. Uh, to our audience, stay tuned for more.